This week on the Golf Digest podcast, we're going to talk about Tiger Woods. What a surprise. Uh, coming off a 12th place finish in the Honda Classic, the 14-time major champion is again looking like a valid PGA Tour player. All coming up next on the Golf Digest podcast. Welcome to the Golf Digest Podcast. This is Sam Wyman. As mentioned, we're talking about Tiger, who's coming off a 12th place finish at the Honda Classic. It was his best showing since his return to the PGA Tour this year, and it fuels all kinds of talk about whether he's ready to turn the corner and be a contender again, whether it be at his next PGA Tour event or even at the Masters in a little more than a month. Uh, joining me today are Alex Myers and Brian Wacker, who is uh, following Tiger at the Honda Classic. So we're going to go to that interview now. Okay, bringing in now from Florida, Brian Wacker, who is on hand at both the Genesis Open and the Honda Classic. Brian, a good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Sam. And we also have Alex Myers, uh, Golf Digest senior writer uh, and resident Tiger Woods fanboy, um, who's here. But guys, this is the first time, I believe, that we've commissioned a podcast to talk about a, a 12th place performance on the PGA Tour, but... Uh, you know, a pretty a pretty significant 12th place finish. So, Brian, let's start with you. Um, how encouraged should Tiger fans be? Because Alex is, looks nervous right now waiting for your response. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably also the first um, podcast with the 389th ranked player in the world, right. I, would, I would assume, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I think there should be encourage, uh, encouragement for sure. And, uh, you know, if Alex isn't shipping all of his um, – paycheck to various uh, betting windows across the UK um, for the upcoming Masters, I would be stunned. But um, look, I think what we saw at a Tiger was really promising. Um, you know, he hit 14 of 18 greens on Sunday, hit nine fairways uh, overall for the week, led the field in proximity to the hole, uh, drove the ball really well, particularly with his irons and his three wood and occasionally with his driver. Uh, we saw just a complete bomb. I think it was on um, Sunday, you know, on, on one of the holes. But look, I think we have to temper it a little bit still because this is just one week. Um, mm. Certainly, it's, he's progressed nicely to use uh, the Tiger verbiage that he, he likes to trot out. Um, but I think we do have to sort of temper this. Okay, we've seen some consistency over four days. Let's see if now we can see it uh, from one start to the next. Um Presumably, that would be Bay Hill here in a couple of weeks. Right. It's fair to mention his schedule. It's worth noting that every event he's played so far since he began his comeback in December is are courses that he's, you know, he's played a fair amount. Riviera would be the the one exception, but it's still a course that he's pretty familiar with. So there's a skeptical response, which is that he's yet to really test himself on a on you know a variety of different courses. To that, you say what, Alex? Well, I, I kind of disagree a little. I mean, PJ National, he's I think only played there three previous times as a pro so it's not one of these courses that he's won eight times right. at and you know been there every year year in year out obviously he started to come back there once you know he, he lives there he lives right there so as a lot of the guys do um i was back to brian though I, the only guy who should be nervous here is brian because we made a bet oh on whether <laughs> tiger woods will win a pga tour event this year and my stipulation is that he had to play at least 15 events and I think I'm feeling pretty good about that bet that if he plays 15 times, 
uh, or more that he will win this year. Oh, so if he if he plays fewer than fifteen events, he doesn't. Right. Interesting. Yeah. What about opposite field events? Because that actually could be a that, thing for him. That counts. Brian, any PGA Tour official PGA Tour event counts. Obviously, the the Hero World Challenge we won't count that because it's not an official PGA Tour event. But it's not going to come down to that mm-hmm. because if he plays fifteen or more times, I think he's going to win. Um, and uh, you know, again, Brian mentioned some of the stats. Leading the field in proximity, uh, in proximity to the hole, second in driving distance. Uh, he was 15th in strokes gained approach to the green. He was 18th in strokes gained putting. His worst stat was strokes gained off the tee, and he was still 44th, yeah. which is not terrible. Um, and so, you know, there was just so much to uh, to really like with with how he played. Uh, yeah, Brian mentioned he hit a couple bombs. He hit the 361 yard tee shot on 10. Uh, one day, I think his swing speed, swing speed was measured. I, I'm so excited I came to speak. His swing speed was measured at 128.2 miles per hour, which is the fastest, second fastest recorded on tour in four years, mm-hmm. which that doesn't make any sense. A 42-year-old, first of sure. all, with four back surgeries to be able to do that. I don't think we, you know, expect anybody expected him to swing with that much speed. But again, I, I thought he looked great, uh, especially considering how poorly played at Riviera just the sure. week before and everybody think including myself thinking the bear trap and everything else well the bear trap was kind of a disaster but at this course would not set up well for him and he would not even make the cut so big week for Tiger uh 12th place was huge I mean it's at some point we're going to stop going from um oh that's a you know pretty good showing from it. it's fair to say that if, if we if we uh if this conversation was had six or seven years ago and we were talking about a 12th, 12th place finish <laughs> it would be yeah. a panic session about what's wrong with tiger woods so but as the expectations go up so it is he had said yesterday speaking of expectations that uh coming down the stretch hits the ball in the water on 15 mm-hmm. that you know you know basically he was being aggressive he was trying yep. to to get himself in a position to to try to win you know not thinking about top tenning right. so is that right. on its own has got to be seen as a type of progress i think so uh, yeah again you know, he, sure, he won in the water again. He did it twice on the 15th hole, which a lot of guys went in the water on 15 or 17. But I, I saw a guy who, um, you know, had an, a chance to win, very small chance to win at that point. He was four back with four to play, and he ended it ended up being five back of the winning score. He was three under. He took on a, you know, a sucker pin basically there. Uh, knew he needed to make birdie. Same thing on the next hole. Blew his birdie putt some eight feet by the hole and missed. So, those two mistakes were were really out of aggression and where he was on the leaderboard. I, I do think he's very happy with finishing twelfth, but I don't think he cared about finishing T eight versus right, twelve, right. and and that dictated those shots. So, I'm not really looking into to that as much. I'm more looking into the fact he needed to come out strong, uh, trailing, and he ma- he made three birdies on the first eight holes, got himself to at least in the conversation, right. and um, that's the first time that's happened, obviously, in a long time. Right. Um. Hey, Brian, talk to me a little bit as the guy who was there and you've been around Tiger a fair amount in your career. Compare, uh, you know, the energy around him, his body language, the last couple of weeks uh, to what you saw of him, you know, briefly a year ago and obviously before that. Yeah, this is a guy who appears to be much happier. Um, I think he gets, he kind of gets excited um, being, you know, being around the young guys, being around the Rory or the Justin Thomases. Uh, Jordan Spieth, et cetera, Jason Day, on and on. I think those guys and what they've done kind of fuel him. And look, I mean, there's two, two sort of two parts to it, right? There's the fact that he's actually able to play golf again. Mm-hmm. 
And then the fact that he's out there and he's around these guys. And, you know, look, I think the Ryder Cup is, is probably part of this as well. He was around a lot of the young players. By all accounts, he's pretty engaged with those guys. Uh, we hear it from JT all the time about playing at home with Tiger. We hear the fact, um, you know, that they trade text messages, although Tiger went silent on Right, JT which is telling Saturday himself. Night. Yeah. Yeah, which is telling about where Tiger thinks he's at in terms of his own expectations and, and winning again. Um, he definitely has a different, um, just a different energy around him. Right. Yeah, he seems to actually have energy. He doesn't seem to be tired and beaten up and worn down. I mean, he was a, he looked like a very old 40 year old a couple of years ago. And now there's, uh, look, he still looks like he's 42 in a lot of ways, but there certainly seems to be more energy, more happiness there. He seems to be enjoying the game, enjoying playing and enjoying mm-hmm. kind of passing on knowledge and, and tw- you know, tweaking the young guys or just being around them. So I think that has trickled into his golf in terms of how he's played. Yeah, not to be uh, a bit of a downer, and this is purely projecting, but if he continues down this road, um, is it possible that this is a bit of a honeymoon phase and it fades? Like if he's on this, you know, he makes a cut, he misses the cut, he finishes 12th, he misses the cut. Like if he continues on that as a kind of a middling, that would be a middling PGA Tour player. Um, Does the euphoria of playing suddenly recede? Well, I think, you know, that's something we don't know the answer to yet. And um, I, I'm with you. Like, I think you can't look at last week in a vacuum and say he's he's going to win. Um, you know, I talked to Brandel Chambly uh, earlier today for uh, another piece, and he thinks Tiger's capable of winning in his next start. Um, you know, I, I just don't know that I think we have to temper that expectation. But in terms of Tiger's expectation or enthusiasm, rather, um, you know, yeah, I think we have to let this play out mm-hmm. over the course of the year and see how it goes, see how he plays, see how his health holds up, all of that, because he's never been in this really this kind of position before. So right. um, I think it just has to play itself out first. And to me, and Alex, tell me if if you disagree, but for me, it's less about, you know, his statistics or how he finishes. It's more about a little bit of what Brian was referencing, which is just kind of like his overall vibe. Like when he stands over the ball, even his golf swing looks so less um, violent mm-hmm. than it was. Like where you're kind of – it's guesswork where it's going to go. He just seems much more in control of his body. Like there's so many – you know, the the, the, the the disparate pieces are not all there yet, but there are enough encouraging signs that like if he can slowly put things together, it, it looks like he can actually be a, you know a great player again. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to someone earlier, and you watch him play, and you you forget that he, what he's been through. He looked mm. great. I mean, he looked, he, you know, didn't look like any pain. Obviously, we mentioned the swing speed, everything else, hitting bombs off the tee. Um, you know, he, he really looked good physically. Um, whether he will be able to keep the motivation, as you say, um, with, you know, not winning remains to be seen, but I really do hope that this is kind of, like the season after his scandal, actually the couple seasons after his scandal where he didn't win, mm-hmm. but he did hang in there, right. and he eventually got back to number one. I'm not saying he's going to do that, but I'm just saying he, you know, you know, I do think that if he plays a full season, he'll win. Will he do that? Maybe not. But I do think that if he, you know, he shouldn't give up on this early. And, and knowing what a competitor he is, I don't think he will. 
you know, I think he really enjoys the appreciation the fans are showing him, maybe even more than ever. He, he mentioned that even at the President's Cup where, you know, fans are chanting his name even though he wasn't playing. I think, again, he enjoys playing with uh, other guys, particularly the younger guys, more than he ever did. Um, you know, he played with a 21-year-old on, on Sunday, and O'Brien uh, wrote about that as well. So, you know, there's a lot that that will keep him motivated to keep playing, even if he doesn't pick up a right. win for a sustained period of time. Brian, what are you seeing in terms of um, how he's practicing and sort of analyzing his own golf swing? I'm specifically referring to the fact that, you know, for a while there was this criticism of Tiger that he had become too mechanical and so reliant on his trackman numbers. He's since parted ways with Chris Como. Um, does he seem less reliant on sort of uh, the technical aspect of the golf swing and more more relying on instinct from what you see? It would appear so, um, just based on the fact that he seems to have – more of maybe an ownership of the swing and some of the things he's trying to do. And we saw some different ball flights from him. We've seen him working the ball both ways in the wind. I mean, these are all things to me that are signs of somebody who at least feels comfortable with what he's trying to do. Now he may not execute it every time. He may still have a bad miss. He still may double cross himself, whatever the case is. But I I think this is a guy who is growing comfortable with what his body is able to do or and more importantly no longer able to do um at 42 years old fused back several other operations etc um and really just seems to be in a place where he's getting back to more of that feel uh in his game and you see it in a short game to mm-hmm. quite frankly as well and um, that's an area that has looked um you know rather crisp for the most part in all three starts where he's had good control of his chips and his pitches uh, for the most part, his putting speeds uh, have looked pretty good. So all of that tells me that this guy, this is a guy that has a pretty good feel right now of what he's trying to do. And to me that, that just moves him a step further from being caught up, as you mentioned, in all the mechanics of the golf. Right. So we, Alex and I were talking about this before we started recording, which is, um, his short game looks good. Putting looks good. Iron play looks great. Um, you know, even the shot into the water on the 15th mm-hmm. hole was I was a pretty good iron shot. It was just kind of maybe miscalculated. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that's still a bit of a mystery is the tee ball. Um, yes. with the drive with the driver mostly. With the driver, yeah. correct. Well, I did hit a couple. He does. I mean, irons and maybe yeah, the, and the that's the other thing is maybe that's the game these days. Like, you know, it's less about hitting fairways as long as you kind of just get it down there and certain courses you can still get away with it certain courses you can still get away with it this was supposed to be one of those courses you couldn't get away with Mm -hmm. it Um, although I've heard some people say that having the the water actually made him focus even more than than Mm. well there's trees you know but just knowing the ultimate penalty is the water don't go right right simple right you avoid that but that being said you know I, I was really impressed with how much better he did it the driver this week than his two previous starts and Brian mentioned he he actually worked it uh, right to left as well which you know we've seen him really rely on this cut shot um, off the tee especially you know it got to the point where at Augusta on the ninth hole which is a sharp dogleg uphill to the left he was aiming down the left trees and hitting a high cut I mean ridiculous yeah I don't think he'll be doing that uh, this April you saw he got to the 18th hole the final two days here uh, that par five and he did overcook it a little both times, but he went for a hard draw 
down the left side. He pulled it off with the ball flight again, overcooked it a little, but he could have easily just played a fade out mm-hmm. there um, like his playing partner yesterday did, uh, Sam Burns. And that back to what Brian says, that shows that he really is feeling confident, uh, you know, moving the ball both ways. Yeah, and that speaks also to a guy who is not being, you know, defensive, like playing around flaws in a swing. Because that right. was the one thing, like you saw that, you know, certainly around the short game and some spots a couple of years ago where he was kind of putting himself in a position right. where he wasn't embarrassing himself. Right, and think about a couple of the really tough spots he put himself in on Saturday. He wasn't able to get up and down, but he put, went for two huge flop shots with water mm-hmm. behind almost pulled one off it stuck in the, the fringe I mean it was a probably a couple inches away from being perfect and um, you know when he went through his whatever you want to call it yips whatever with the chipping mm-hmm. especially at the waste management a few years ago he wouldn't have even attempt yeah. that shot uh, but we saw him go for every type of pitch shot chip shot flop shot he was great out of the sand um, I was actually surprised his stats. I think he was only 35th in strokes gained around the green. It, it, it really seemed like he got up and down just about every every time um, yesterday So and, and throughout the week. So, again, you're right. It's not just the shots, but it's the variety of shots that he's showing. Yeah, and to me, Brian, I'm interested what you think. Like, the most interesting thing about this comeback is it's really like a test of how much um, – golf IQ and kind of muscle memory can still Mm -hmm. play a role. I mean, obviously, physically, he's in a much better place than he was. But, you know, for a guy to to basically throw himself back into contention after really not playing golf, a lot of it's relying on just kind of like how smart a golfer is, you know, knowing different types of shots. Like, I'm just curious what you think, what you see from him in terms of, um, you you know, just kind of like flashes of his old self in terms of creativity and, so, and like, yeah, I think we saw that um, this week is a good example, as, as Alex mentioned earlier. I mean, we, we saw him working the ball left to right and also right to left. That's a shot that has troubled him, you know, some in the past um, where, look, I, I think one thing Tiger has never lost throughout any of this process is his golf IQ. He's he's always been at or near the top. Uh, when it comes to golf IQ in mm-hmm. terms of dissecting courses. And, and we see it even with his interactions with uh, Rory McIlroy. They talked about, um, you know, we, you mentioned the driving uh, issues he's had earlier. Well, that's that's probably um, one small aspect of it is, is trying to settle into new equipment here if you're Tiger and figuring out the exact setup you want and, and can rely on with your driver. And we've seen Tiger – make some tweaks along the way. And we've seen him have these discussions with Rory, another tailor-made player uh, about, you know, certain spin rates and, and certain mm-hmm. driver setups and so forth. And so this is a guy who has never lost his curiosity right. uh, when it comes to that. And has always been one of the smarter players in the game in terms of just golf IQ and how to dissect a course. And certainly when you go to a place like Augusta national in just over a month from now, uh, you know, that's where you, it really comes out and, and really, really shines. And, you know, and I, it wouldn't shock me if, if Tiger, uh, you know, going back to Alex's point about our bet, look, I still think Tiger will not win this year, but it would not shock me in the least. Or I think anybody at this point, if he were to somehow find his way into contention or the fringes of contention at the Masters. Well, that seems to be like the, you know, the million dollar question mm-hmm. right now yeah. is like, and, and we talked about the T ball and about how you know certain courses you can get away. It's a with missing it 
big it's a bit of a misconception about augusta you know the way it's mm. set up now that you can kind of spray it all over the place because it's it's pretty punishing if you're if you're not you know in good positions off the tee but all those other things uh you know make him a viable threat you know if he can just be somewhat in control of his tee ball well right i mean you can't hit it anywhere at augusta obviously right. but the fact that the rough isn't you know, penal like the U.S. Open gives you at least a chance at a recovery shot. Um, and from what I saw this week from Tiger, I mean, I, one that just jumps out at me was, yes, uh, you know, Sunday, the second hole, he hooks a tee shot um, into the trees. He has 258 from the trees, from the pine straw. He hooks it around. There's water up on the left. He runs it onto the green from 258 out. So those are the type of shots um, and again, we've seen him not hold anything back in trying the, some of these recovery shots uh, so far, which is a great sign for his back. But those are the type of shots that at Augusta, sure. you you know, you might hit it, clip a tree coming off one of those shoots or, or this or that, but you will have a chance to make up for it. And the fact that he can still pull off those shots is huge because he is still going to hit some wayward drives. Let's be honest. I mean, when, whenever he has the driver in hand, I think we're all kind of collectively holding our breath. A, that he's going to slice it off the map but also that he's going to hurt himself but but uh again for the most part at augusta maybe to brian's point maybe that is the event that brian has to be most worried about yeah, tiger tiger winning what's the money what's the stakes brian what is the stakes 50 i yeah that sounds about right i think it was 50 um, you know the st- i think the stakes are going to go uh up as the season uh or <laughs> down as the season yeah. goes on and as i run out of chances <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, yeah. that's that's Dike. my, well, I'm, my but, hey i'm hoping but, he he adds a few you know events to his schedule i know he has not said for sure that he is not playing in the valspar next week so still that that you never know that could be right an addition not that i'd expect him to win somewhere where he's playing for the first time but um, you know he's not playing in these world golf championships he admitted at yesterday uh, Sunday after the round that he really did want to win or try to get into the World Golf Championship this week. Obviously, that, that didn't happen. As Brian mentioned, he's ranked uh, just in the top 400 now. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it'll be a stretch for him to qualify to get into any of those World Golf Championships that he used to be a you know staple in. But other than that, he could add a couple events sure. here or there, and um, certainly that would help my chances. You know, the one thing that we're now assured of is that um, – at the Masters, he's no longer, you know, like a sideshow. He mm. is the story. You know, be like a couple of years, he was kind of this curiosity right. you, you kind of had to pay attention to, but you couldn't really, um, you couldn't really take too seriously. And now, there's no question he's going to be the the biggest story, which is probably not fair to all the other players. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you, is, Brian. I asked you about the energy around him and the vibe around him. So you've now been to you know a handful of tour events, and you've pretty much written Tiger every day that he's there. Um, because your editors hate you, apparently. But I'm curious, like, if there's already some backlash from players or just because it's be- it's already back to the, you know, Tiger mania where everything is, is so focused on him and some of the energy is sucked away from others. Well, there's there was a great photo um, I saw somewhere on Instagram or Twitter on Sunday where Tiger came through, and, of course, earlier than Justin Thomas in the final group did, and, and they sort of cross paths and you could see the gallery uh the sort of before and after picture it was startling right it was right. Mm-hmm. And, and we saw this a few years ago or, or you know a handful of years ago now when tiger and phil were paired in that final round at augusta where <laughs> nobody was really even following the leaders of the <laughs> right. tournament everybody was following that right. so um look in terms of backlash no I, I don't think there's any backlash 
Um, guys are used to getting the Tiger questions at this point. Even the young guys who weren't around for Tiger Mania. I think, I think they're um, at least for now they're in this honeymoon phase. Of, it's cool. Like it's for them, they never got to experience that. So them getting to be a part of that is kind of neat. And by the way, they're not getting their brains beat in uh, by Tiger at least right. not right now, and, and probably not ever. Uh, the way Tiger's uh, peers did for so long. So it's it's certainly a different vibe. Um, and they don't seem to have the same um, level. I, I talked with Adam Scott about this, of of uh, intimidation, if you will. Um, again, though, they haven't really experienced right. it, the full, the full brunt of it, um, you know, the way Adam and, and the rest of those guys did for so many years. So it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out. You know, I think Alex mentioned kind of the fringe of contention. Uh, that Tiger was in on Sunday. And, yeah, look, his name was up there in the leaderboard. He actually got to within three at one point after that birdie on 14 and then slid back. But you do wonder if um, he gets in the mix a little sort of later in the day on Sunday, sort of how it all plays out with this younger generation and and how they react to it. But, um, look, I think right now, at least in this honeymoon phase, they're just enjoying being around Tiger and and the extra energy um, that he seems to be bringing to the golf course. Yeah, Justin Thomas had the great line saying that he would – he understands, and he would rather watch Tiger play than himself. He said that yesterday. <laughs> right. So, right. so, I mean, I, I agree. I think Brian's right. You know, it, it helps that these guys aren't losing to him yet, or, you know, we don't know if he, they ever will. And the, that the older guys, you know, the Phils and the Ernies and Retief Goosen, uh, when they had to be asked about Tiger over, and Justin Leonard obviously was, yeah. you know, very critical early of, of all the tension Tiger was getting. These other these young guys they like it they think it's cool um, for the most part and if anything I mean it it I don't know it might take a little pressure off you know Justin Thomas is playing in the final group but he's not playing in front of final group right. size crowds if right. anything that might even take a little pressure right. off him it was, John Feinstein made reference just before that you know Sam Burns nipped Tiger yesterday that if you know I, I know I know you're rolling your eyes oh, but like God. you know ten years ago <laughs> if a guy was playing if a guy was playing with Sam, you know with 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 Tiger you know he would have fainted on the first tee I do think it's a valid point which is that the intimidation factor I think there's so many questions right now that Tiger has about he how he's going to hold up in those situations that I don't think that that there's the same level of concern from the guys he's playing with i mean there's you know he, there's so much he's contending with on his own there's a few things there uh, <laughs> do we need for, a, do we need a pause here but first of all the stats speak for themselves when tiger played with someone in the final group or whatever he he took him down i mean and, and there no, was no one's questioning right. that part right no right. but i'm right. saying we haven't seen enough of that yet that if that still exists this was not the final pairing mm-hmm. at all this was a 12 45 uh tea time on a sunday with two guys who really had very little chance of winning, who never, you know, really, really seriously got into contention. And again, once Tiger did make his move and get as close as he did, he played for the win. I'm not saying Sam Burns didn't, but Sam Burns needed a top 10 to get into the next right. week's Just, event. Yes. There was a lot more ex- at stake for Sam Burns based on, you know, what position right. they finished. Now, did he play great? Yes, he played great, but. I'm not going. You know, I'd like to see him do that if they were the co-leaders sure. at an event. But my point is totally different. Go ahead, Brian. My, my, my one point I'll say is that if Tiger's in the final pairing of Bay Hill, mm-hmm. okay, to win, and he's paired with Daniel Berger, mm-hmm. okay, who's feeling more pressure in that moment? Well, Tiger probably is. He's feeling yeah. way more pressure Tiger, because he right now a, he is. Right, of course. So he like, has to do it. He has to win, and that's what we saw. 
in 2010, even though he came back at the Masters and finished T4 and right. almost won, he didn't win that year. He didn't win in 2011. Finally, in 2012, he won at Bay Hill, which, Brian, again, watch out. Bay Hill's coming up. <laughs> uh, he won at Bay Hill in 2012. We saw him get so emotional when he was on the green, that 18th green. He knew he had won. He knew he just, you know, he could have four-putted and still won or whatever. And from then on, he won two more times, and then he was player of the year the next year and won. So, yes, you're right. Until he, he gets over the hurdle, he is feeling a lot of pressure, for sure, to win, if he's in that position. Sam Burns, by the way, apparently didn't feel much pressure because he not only did he birdie the opening hole, yeah. he gave it a club twirl, right. and then he birdied number three, and then he didn't make a bogey all day. Right. It was very – hey, look, it was very impressive what he did, but, again – I'm not going to look at that. And, kids, look, I just think these guys, at least for the time being, look, they don't have the scar tissue of yeah. getting their teeth kicked in for Tiger week after week, year after year, that Tiger's contemporaries did. Mm-hmm. And they look up to Tiger as, you know, that's their idol. This, they're, they're, they're getting to basically play with the Beatles. It's, it's, uh, and they're just riding the coattails of it. They, they love it, and they're enjoying it, and well, they're not intimidated by it. That's right. totally, that's totally fair. I agree with everything you said. I do think though, if he reestablishes himself as one of the best players, as a winner again on tour, then it shifts oh, back to then it's, then it's, being a lot yeah. different. But you're right. For now, it's it's right. a novelty to them. They they right. enjoy it. If any, it's it seems to be motivating them right, right now. To your to your point, he goes from a guy who's. 398th in the world or whatever he is to the guy who's won 79 times on the PGA Tour yeah, 14 I, I, times. Again, I'm not saying he's going to be number one in the world, but no. if, he, if he gets back into the top 50 and he's... No, but he's sort of tapping into that exa- part of exa- it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's exciting. Um, we'll be sure to do this next week or next time Tucker plays and he finishes T60 <laughs> and uh, we'll do a whole <laughs> once break. He, once he cracks the top 250 in the <laughs> world <laughs> ranking, we'll have a special podcast. We'll have a special well. podcast and we'll, we'll go two hours instead. So, <laughs> there Bri- we go. Brian, any closing thoughts? I, look, I just think that we've got to pump the, the brakes on the expectations. Look, it was all very positive signs from Tiger. Um, it's one week, and I just think we need – now the next step is seeing it in consecutive starts or mm-hmm. consecutive weeks and and seeing it um, because we don't know. Look, I don't think anybody, any of us expects Tiger to be the Tiger um, who dominated golf for um, more than a decade. You know, So what what exactly is he going to be? That's sort of the next question. Is he going to be – a guy who occasionally flirts, um, you know, with the fringe of or the edge of contention, like we saw this past week, or is he going to be a guy that um, does it every week or every time he tees it up, um, or most times that he tees it up? Uh, what are we going to see in this next iteration, this third act of Tiger? Um, and I think we just have to let it play yeah. out and, and see what happens. But see, I, see, I would argue to that point is like. You know, a few years ago, you would have said, "Oh, if he becomes kind of a fringe player and is, you know, occasionally in contention, that's just such a waste." But given where he was, you can't mm. think that way anymore. Like to Absolutely. be to right. be a valid PGA Tour player, which he clearly is, you know, twelfth and on a very def- yep. difficult golf course. He's like that. That is, and now I'm, you know, maybe sound like a Tiger apologist, but that is a, you know, that's amazing. For a guy mm-hmm. who's like you know was all like couldn't you know couldn't get out of bed and mm-hmm. couldn't move, didn't know he was gonna play, was looking for a light at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. all those things. Yeah. I mean, it's so, you know, again, I mean, this is a guy who less than a year ago was driving down the freeway thinking he was in L.A. when right. he was in South Florida. So, right, <laughs> I mean, right. exactly. That too. You know, yeah. just just to <laughs> put it in perspective, a bleak picture. Yeah, right. Paint a bleak picture, but look, he was in a in a dark place. I think yeah. for a few years and. 
and seems to be coming, you know, out the other end of it. Yeah. It's been a, a remarkable turnaround. You're right. I mean, from even just the President's Cup where he admitted that this might be the end yeah. and other times he admitted this might be the end. You're right. We used to think that we wouldn't want to see him, you know, not play up to the level, kind of like we we didn't want to see Michael Jordan not be right. the Michael Jordan we, we looked at. But now I think we're all just excited to see him. Um, I think we all think it's great. Um, you know, I, I agree with Brian. We do need to see a little more consistency from him. He'll make a birdie. He'll make a great shot, and then he'll he'll hit it off the map the next hole. You just never know um, what's going to happen with him. But I will point out that even though the 69 on Saturday was his first round in the 60s, he has not had – he's only had one bad round. I know he missed the cut at Riviera, but mm-hmm. he was really the second round. He did get it to one under or so that day, and then he, he had a really bad back nine. I think he shot like a 40. It was really one nine hole that was that was bad um, in this whole comeback. So is he as consistent as we hope he gets to? No, mm-hmm. but again, he, out of the 10 rounds so far, and then you could throw in the four at the hero, he's only had one bad round. Right, right. So, we could break it down by swings, how many bad uh, swings that was. Well, it was two yesterday. Yeah. I'll give you that much. Right. Two bad swings yesterday. So pretty solid stuff. He's up to 16-1 to 1 now to win the Masters. That's a little little crazy, but again, like Brian said, he knows the course in and out. Wouldn't be surprising at all to at least see him on the leaderboard at some point. Oh, I agree. Totally. And that would be amazing. I think we'd all, no matter what happens, it would be exciting to watch. All right. Well, it's an exciting time. I appreciate you both uh, joining me, Brian. Thank you for joining us from Florida. Always a pleasure. All right, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you later. All right, All right man. All right, bye. Be well. Bye. Thanks to Alex Myers and Brian Wacker for joining me on this week's Golf Digest podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and we'll check back next week to see who our guests are. Thanks. Thanks.